Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Cole Bassett snatched a victory from the jaws of a nil-all draw to bring it close to a busy year for the USMNT. A 1-0 win in a friendly over Bosnia and Herzegovina. The U.S. wraps up 2021 with 22 matches played and a record-reading 17 wins, three draws, two defeats, and two trophies. We're going to talk about all that and what this 1-0 win means uh, big picture. So, yeah, K. Golasso begins right now. Hey everyone, if you're watching this live on YouTube, I cannot emphasize this enough. Make sure you subscribe, you like, you throw some comments at us, get those things off your chest. There is a lot to talk about. Jimmy Conrad's going to give me his best takes. It's going to be great. And some of you are listening to this in podcast <laughs> form. That's nice of you. Uh, well, you know what's even nicer? Subscribing to the podcast. It helps this get found. Leave a comment, leave a review. More people get to watch this. We can continue to make Free comment for all of you. Jimmy Conrad, what is going on, man? How are you? What's up, Heath? Great to see you as always. Excited to dive into this game as it were. Obviously, there's some narratives I think that we can string along here to either <laughs> flame the haters out of, of you know, their, their potential caves that they're, they're in, that they're upset about. Yeah, I feel like they just don't really... They're not really uh, half-glass-full type people out there um, that can't see the value in these types of games. But also... There's a good portion of that time, those 90 minutes that I want back of my life. Uh, oh, you, Jimmy! I'm Jimmy. So we'll get, I, I we'll get into at, it. We'll get into it. I got it right up now. at five. I got up at 5 a.m. here uh, to watch it. I'll tell you when. When you're, I'm here in Dubai right now, and when you get up at five, you want the game to start at five, and of course, it doesn't start at five. You know, and I gave it a few <laughs> minutes. Coverage didn't even start at five, so uh, I was I was a little bit disappointed. There's certainly some time I went back from this. When I was writing notes, Jimmy, I was taking notes on this game and. As you do. And I was trying to figure out, like, what's the narrative here? Like, where do I start? Do I attack Greg first? Do I praise Greg first for a few things? Do I do I attack the lineups, the roster? There's so many things to get into in this game. And I know there was a lot to figure out. But just off the bat, do you think there was – once the red card happened, do you think there's anything that you can take from these matches? I do, actually. When the red card happened in the 40th minute, we had an idea of, of how we were trying to play, I think, in those first 40 minutes – Let's just start with the starting lineup. Pretty experienced, all things considered. You and I, in our little preview of this match, wanted the kids to play. We wanted to see some kids. Obviously, sprinkled in with some veterans. The fact that Matt Turner played the whole 90 minutes, like I don't, I just don't understand the fact. The fact that Jossie Zardes got subbed on, I I don't Uh I listen. Jesse's artist has been an incredible servant to the program, but I don't need to see him in a in a meaningless friendly in the last 30 minutes. Like Throw out the kids, man. I want to see the kids. I have it written behind me. Play the kids. Yeah. And so I was, there's a couple decisions that I was a little surprised about. But where the narrative is with regard to this game in particular, Heath, is that if you can't play and play well against the Bosnia team that doesn't have their stars, right? Has their B or C team. Mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of determines where you're going to fall in the pecking order and whether we can count on you in a meaningful game. Because if you can't do it in this one, then how are you going to do it in another one? Maybe maybe you just rise to the occasion, you play to the level that you're playing against. 
But but this lineup that we're seeing right now on the screen for everybody that's on YouTube, I was pretty surprised at how experienced it was. I wanted to see another younger player or two get sprinkled in. What were your thoughts? Well, yeah, Jimmy. I mean, obviously, to go back to our chat before, for those that didn't get to watch or listen to the preview, we were talking about the fact that, you know, some experience up the spine is important in any mm -hmm. international match, right? You can have Turner. You can have Zimmerman. You can have, a, you know, probably Acosta in the midfield. And then the rest you can sort of figure out as you go. I, I was happy to see Jordan Morris back in. He was probably one of my few bright spots in terms of he stayed healthy. He didn't look uh, hesitant to run at players. He kind of looked like he had that explosiveness back, which you never know is going to uh, on a major injury, especially at the international level. Uh, you know how they're going to come back, and we'll get into the player performances. But looking at that lineup, it was just disappointing to me. And I know this was about prepping players and continuing things leading into end of January, but we are in the middle of December, and the end of January is a long way away. And you can't tell me. That 30 minutes for Jossi Zardes, and I'm not, this is not about him. I'll make it, a, take that away. Because I, I think, I think, <laughs> no, okay, I think fine. That, no, 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 but USMNT you, haters, USMNT haters are going to attack that comment. I don't want to make it about Okay, Jossie okay, Zardes. all right, all right. You're, but, you're basically making sure producer Dez doesn't cut that out. What I'm saying yeah. is, I think you can use Jossi as an example of your, your bigger point. I don't want to use him. I don't want to use him. I'm going <laughs> to use anybody from Roldan to, to, to Kellen Acosta. Kellen Acosta played 21 games this year. Do you need, he broke the record. In USMNT history, for matches played, is it really that important in the middle of December that you get him the minutes that you did? And and again, the hard part is, is like we've talked about, Jimmy, in the past, where Greg Berhalter got a decent sample size of these players, right? When you go into qualifying, you're prepping for a game, you're recovering, you're prepping for a game. And that is all you're doing. And you rarely get a look unless you're a bench player and you're one of like the six, seven guys who's out training on the pitch when the team is going through a recovery session. It's really hard to, to, to really have an emphasis or sure. coaches to even see that. So I get that on some context that Greg had a decent sample size to look at these guys and say, hey, this player's ready. This player's showing something. This sure. player's different. But you can't tell me that it, it it just all deferred to the experienced players in camp. Like, there wasn't one other bright spot. There wasn't a, 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 a Cade <laughs> Clark, a Cade Cowell. There wasn't – I mean – you know, I, I understand that listen, just, listen. I'm, I'm a little frustrated, man. No, no, no. So so I'm going to try to play devil's advocate because I'm trying to think what Greg Berhalter and his staff are thinking about. And I get the sense it's we need to get the Kellen Acostas of the world and Zimmermans of the world. We need to get them 90 minutes because they're not going to get 90 minutes until the end of January. Right. We might have, you know, um, an in-house scrimmage or whatever, you know, uh, intra-squad or whatever it is. But that's not the same. That said. I could see that narrative making a little bit more sense when you're two weeks out from playing that January qualifying window at the beginning mm -hmm. of February as well. A month and a half out or a month out, like that's not going to have any, it's not going to make any difference. It's not going to make any difference. And so I don't feel like that narrative from Greg really holds up. And, and okay, Jordan Morris, it does for sure. The guy's coming back from a, from an injury. You want to get him closer and sharper, but to your point about Acosta and Roldan and those guys, we don't need to see those guys anymore. Even if you, okay, I think all of us would be like, all right, 45 minutes of those guys, no problem. But at that point, just start playing the kids, man. You know, just start, just let them go out there and see how they do. And ultimately, you put on the younger kids, and those are the ones that ultimately prove to make the difference in the game. Was Bosnia going to crack at that point? I don't know. But we started to take a little bit more risk. We stopped, stopped playing safe, which I thought was pretty disappointing from some of our older guys, yeah. just playing safe backwards and sideways the whole time. Bosnia correctly sat behind the ball with 10 players, pretty well organized, all things considered, given their lack of experience. And I thought this was a narrative that came out of the second half. Now, because there are times where we play against, we're going to have an El Salvador and a Honduras who are going to sit behind the ball. 
Where are our players that know how to break down the low block? Where are those players? This yeah. is as good a time as any to work on that. And yet we have people playing safe. We're not bypassing players. We're going to the next player, to the next. You don't move any defenders if you keep playing to the next guy. You got to bypass people. I was like, what? And then, and then where's the urgency? Dude, start whipping that shit in the box. What are we waiting for? And then, of course, we get a goal because Brian Reynolds hits a hopeful cross. But we have some numbers in the box. It falls to us. We make the most of it. And Cole pass it, taps it in. It's not rocket science. But sometimes we're making this a lot more complicated than it needs to be. Let's talk about the young players, Jimmy, uh, because I, 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 I think it's important for us to discuss this in the context of you and I wanted to see the play the young players, right? And then I saw flashes of young players, and again, it's all circumstantial. Like I thought, Brian sure. Reynolds showed some flashes. You know, I thought Ricardo Pepe was really poor uh, in in this match in terms of what he could contribute. The fact that he had a huge sitter, the fact that there was a couple turnovers from him that I expect him as a player, the type of player that he is, to be nearly perfect on the ball. And he was in, in some areas. But then when you get your chance, I expect him to finish that. Now we're starting to connect the dots of statistics to say, well, he hasn't scored since the Jamaica game. And now here we are. How much of it is weighing on a move abroad? How much of it? But he's still got to be able to deliver. So was there any players, when you and I go back to the preview where we're saying we want to see young players who could potentially break in? Who could be a new player or cement themselves into this team? We'll start with the young players. Was there anybody, whether it was a five-minute sample size or in the starting team, that was impressive to you uh, in a way that 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 uh, you didn't expect? Well, I, this is my first real foray into Brooks Lennon, and I thought that he was busy. He was trying to be that third person. He was trying to create the width out mm -hmm. wide. I thought when we were 11 v. 11 in this game, that Kellen Acosta was shifting left, and that was pushing George Bello up the field. And it maybe worked once where that numerical advantage of, of Acosta drifting wide left made a difference. And I remember him releasing George Bello into the space to get a cross off. Wasn't a great cross. And in some ways, I think that – I don't want to say that George Bello played his way out of the team, but I don't think he helped his status at all. So from a young player perspective that I would be a little bit down on, I would say George Bello somewhat stands out. Now, we're talking about young players, not, not older players. I thought that on the on the positive side, I was I was happy with with um, sorry Cole Bass, of course, him coming in. Brian Reynolds, I thought looked pretty sharp. You know, there's been a lot of I say negativity swirling around him, but it's clear that Jose Mourinho at Roma doesn't buy into or drink the the Brian Reynolds Kool Aid. So it was nice to see him come out and be positive, right? He's trying things. He's moving off the ball. He's whipping balls in. He, he's he's taking what's being given to him by the Bosnian team. And I, I liked to see that. Uh, with regard to the other players, uh, Jonathan Gomez, of course, you know, just being around, seeing that there was some space in front of him, taking that shot, but just also being pretty connected and, and knowing that there was he could take that risk because we have a man up, because he's got cover behind him. And it's obviously a very small sample size of Jonathan Gomez, but you could argue that he did more in his five minutes than George Bello did with his 85, right? So. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's that's pretty. And then Kate Cal didn't really have much of an impact, but he's 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 a grown ass man. So I figure at some point, uh, you know, he's going to have his presence felt. I wish I would have seen a couple more of these players with with more time to kind of settle into the game. I don't know if we necessarily yeah. got to see that. We saw some urgency at the end, but now we don't have another game. I almost want another meaningless friendly so we can see more of the kids, you know, but I thought. As we're getting here from Dan, I thought Brian Reynolds played well. I thought that he was positive. He was trying to go forward. And Brooks Lennon was trying to do the same. But I think Brian Reynolds looked a little bit cleaner. So it's nice to see we have some competition again in some spots that, all right, I think these guys deserve another look. I think we're getting to that yeah. point. Like, who, who out there deserves another look?
outside yeah. of the older guys that are already established. And I mean, this is the this is the frustrating part for me is you have Brian Reynolds, right? And we had a comment here just a minute ago is why'd they bring Brian Reynolds all the way from Europe to get 15 minutes? Well, I mean, you know what it's like, Jimmy. <laughs> if you're not playing question. in a club team, it, it's important. To, I mean, he was in the camp, right? And he's right, not right, playing, right. which means he doesn't even deserve to be in camp necessarily because he's not getting any minutes right now. Right, but you bring right. him in because you see the potential in him. You know the potential that he has. And you saw those flashes, right? But that potential is not good enough if he's not going to get regular club team minutes. So you look at him and you go, man, these next 12 months of his life are super important in terms of where he's going to go on loan or mm -hmm, what club mm -hmm. he's going to end up to be playing minutes because you can't have this two years go by when you're at a club like Roma now he's a couple years older, and he's lost a lot of that development of not getting those minutes. Because you can see those flashes in him uh, when he was on the ball. And so that's frustrating. But usually you bring them in. We saw, we saw a number of players in history get brought in when they're not getting club team minutes. And this is primarily an MLS-only group. We saw players from Scandinavia in the past in January camps, things like that. But for a player that's not playing uh, a, a ton of minutes, I remember, I remember Jermaine Jones being called into a January camp because he was suspended or something like that uh, at, at his club team. I think he was still at Schalke at the time. Uh, coming into the camp because you can get minutes and you can play with the team and you can kind of uh, immerse mm -hmm. yourself. And it's mm -hmm. also a nice little break for these guys who, you know, believe it or not, get homesick while they're on the road. So, sure. you know, uh, let's uh, actually let's go through the entire lineup and we'll give a rating. And everybody that's watching this right now, if you're watching this on live on YouTube, uh, make sure you comment, make sure you subscribe, make sure you're liking this stuff. Send those comments in. And also, I want all of you guys to tell us uh, your player ratings. Jimmy, we're going to go through a one through 10 scale, <laughs> 10 being the best. If you give anybody a 10, Jimmy, I'm going to just have Dez shut this whole thing off right now. <laughs> uh, but I'll let you, I'll let you inch your way up, but you got 30 seconds on the clock. Oh, wow. Jeez. Holy yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to do each player in 30 seconds each, uh, give your rating on them, your take. Sure. Sure. Not, okay. You, know, you can shape it how you want, but I want everybody to give their number as well. One through 10. Uh, if we can just pull up that lineup again, Dez, we'll start with that starting lineup and then we'll go through some of the substitutions as yeah, well. Yeah, 30 but let's seconds. Start, God. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I mean right. there, should Matt, be, there should be a few so, that don't take long. Let's go with Matt Turner. So, so Matt Turner, I'll just say six. He didn't have much to do. And once they went down a man, it was not that threatening, but he made the saves that we needed to make. Uh, Brooks Lennon, I thought, Maybe a hey, six hey, and a half. Wait, wait, we don't. We're gonna we're gonna go back and forth, Jimmy. Let's share. Oh, let's sorry, share sorry. Okay, okay. okay good. I agree. Turner. I agree with you on Matt Turner. Now go ahead. Okay, Brooks Lennon. <laughs> I'd say like a six and a half. I saw glimpses. Yeah. I think that he falls into the camp of I need to see a little bit more. And obviously, sometimes, and you and I have this experience as well that if you play with the first team players in some weird way, you end up playing better or looking better when you're with those guys as opposed to. And no disrespect to these guys, but you just haven't played together as much, right? And so the game just changes in terms of what you can and how you stand out. And so I'd like to see Brooks continue to get another look. How do you how do you feel? Six and a half? What are you we feeling good about that? Yeah, I, I think it's six and a half. He's again one six, of these players where I'm like, he he's comfortable on the ball. He looks good on the ball. He's got a decent range of passing. I still think he's not a great defender, which I always worry about. We're building yeah, that new modern fullback, which I think is great. But then you need to be very clean. I saw the same thing from Brian Reynolds, which we'll get to, which is that sort of inconsistency in crosses, the range of passing, but I do like his willingness to go forward. I like mm -hmm. when we have mm -hmm. midfielders that drop to become defenders because they have all of those attacking tools. They just have to be able to commit to defending and be locked down defenders first and foremost and use that athleticism that they use in the attack uh, to develop as defender because the range of passing is good. But if you're going to be a pure out-and-out out attacker, you better be a proper contributor. And I see the same thing with uh, with uh, George Bellow on the other side. But let's let, we'll, we'll go straight down the roster. Jimmy sure, Walker, sure. Walker Zimmerman on this. So Brooks, Brooks is, I feel like, might be giving me, like, Paul Ariola is right back vibes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> kind of, yeah, like, yeah. really busy. Like mm -hmm. to get forward, but it doesn't always look as clean as he'd like. All right, Walker Zimmerman, actually, I would say six and a half, seven. I thought that... He's a good leader. I think that he was obviously putting people in good spots. I think that he was trying to drive the game in the second half. You could tell he was frustrated that we were playing 
a little bit more side to side than we should have been. And he was actually trying to go forward and make a difference. So I liked his energy a lot. I'm a, I'm a Zimmerman fan, so maybe my bias is showing, but I'd say in the six and a half, seven range. Yeah, I, w- I would say same thing, solid. Small sample size again by the 40th minute. There wasn't a lot to do, but there was a few chances that came down from Bosnia on the other end where they were, yeah. you know, half chances. But we should be able to put our foot on the throat of these types of matches and, and, and control them. How You know, especially if the fact we're not taking the chances. And when we're not taking chances, we should definitely not be giving up balls or giving up chances on the other end. Now, if we're throwing players forward and some tiki-taka and we're exposed a little bit, I can understand giving that up. But there was large parts where we weren't doing that. Sure, sure. Yet somehow they were coming down to the other end. And I thought, you know, Walker Zimmerman has to be part of that because he's, he's a defender. So I'd yeah. say I'd say six and a half seven for that. And then um, yeah. I think Kessler falls into the same thing. I think what I didn't like about Kessler, this is a, this is me nitpicking by the way, is that he always deferred making that pass to Zimmerman. And so instead of him maybe taking that space in front of him, he'd always play it out wide or play it back across to, to Zimmerman too. Hey, buddy, you, you t- we've yeah. played with center backs like this before. You take the responsibility of maybe making that pass that doesn't work out, especially yeah. against a team that's sitting in a low block. And I wanted to see a little bit more of what he was capable of in bypassing a player. Can he break the lines with a pass? And I thought he just played safe a ton. Now that said, I thought when, when, when Bosnia did actually counter in a couple different opportunities, and they were almost even numbers at times, which is honestly unacceptable from a team shape perspective when you're up a man. But okay, let's let that play out. I thought that he looked comfortable. You know, there was that one cross back post that if the guy was a little bit ahead of him, it might have been a goal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when they tried to counter 2v2. I actually liked Zimmerman in that as well. So maybe I give Zimmerman a seven because I thought he was really steady throughout and we needed his leadership. And I'll give Kessler a six and a half. Yeah, I'm going to give Kessler a 6-6 six, six, uh, on this okay. one. Not a bad performance. I thought defensively he was sound for the most part and, and did his job. But there was a few things that uh, I, I paid attention to. And again, I'm watching these new players way more, and I'm sure you are, than, than sure. you're watching Zimmerman across the board. But every time Kessler – he spent a lot of time very close uh, in the buildup to, to Zimmerman. He wasn't comfortable being high mm-hmm. and or spread out so that the fullbacks could get high and wide. And that has a domino effect on the team shape, right? So if you're way too connected to your other center back – that gap between you and the fullbacks becomes uh, really, really far. But his, he, it, there was also every time the ball would go to the right side, he would automatically start pushing in to push up instead of having that comfort of being, being big and wide and trusting the team to keep that possession. So every time it would come back the other way, it would be kind of a bolt for him to open up again and, and create that space. So I thought that was a little bit um, perhaps a crutch in his game uh, that I expected a little bit more from. So moving on to George Bellow. This is, this is an interesting one, Jimmy. We've talked about him before. We've talked about the fact that I'll go first with George. Um, okay. on this one we talked about it before where he kind of played himself out already he didn't really seem all that good on the ball he looks comfortable he looks quick he looks explosive but there's just nothing about his game where I go okay this is a game changer you know it's a lot right. of flash but very little substance in terms of where he's at in his development as a player right now now I think he can make a move abroad and we can see that next jump in terms of the type of player he could be but there's nothing about his game that I go okay international quality super good defensively sound and then bring something spectacular on the ball. Otherwise, I feel like there's just a lot of – there's not enough substance in his game for me. So I'm going to go with a six on that in terms of his overall performance. Six. It's not a bad – well, I don't think it was a bad performance. Six. But I don't, I don't think he plays himself into another camp from this one. Yeah, this is like a, a left-back committee, you know, support well, each other. Are you going to give him a you. four? You gonna no, say I'm not going to give him a four, but I, 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 I'd I, say a five. I, I okay. To your point, and this actually speaks to a lot of players, but, but because you said this about Bello and I agree with you, Who's out there trying to, to drive the game? Who is taking the game by the neck and saying, I'm going to do something 
with this game. I'm going to do something with the space in front of me. I'm going to go try to make a difference, especially when you're in the attacking third. I didn't think his crosses were all that great. Uh, I thought maybe maybe the tactics didn't set up well for him. You know, he's working with Ferreira, who usually sets up more centrally. Maybe Ferreira's in his space, and you got Acosta that's kind of dropping into his space as well. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because I am a George Bello fan, but I thought he he hasn't really been featured. Obviously, he was part of the Gold Cup team and, and started against Mexico in the Gold Cup final, and I thought I thought he held himself well and accounted for himself well there. But he hasn't, to your point, like really taken that next step and even really pushed Anthony Robinson. And maybe he has because Anthony Robinson's clearly made it his own, that left-back spot. I just thought that I wanted a little bit more from him. And I see Kai says Bella wasn't that bad, thought he defended well. And sure, that's good. That's important, right? That's always a good starting spot for any defender. Yeah. But but we're needing a little bit more from him going forward, especially if we're expecting our outside backs to create a lot well, of you, our width. You, I just you, was you, a little disappointed. I just my expectations are right because I've seen him play better. And and in a game that I expect him to play well, he didn't. And so that's yeah. why I guess I'm thinking about a five. I, 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 and we'll move on from here, but I, I think it's super important if we're going to have these attacking specialists, guys that are comfortable on the ball. You need to be very good going forward. You need to be very good going forward. Mm-hmm. You don't just to be get to be athletic and technical and whatever, and that just is your game if you're, if you're not going to be an incredible defender. You need to have something more special. And I think we're starting to get that from a lot of positions in the national team, that specialty skill where they're a step above generations of the past. Anyways, Johnny Cardoso, where are you at with this one, Jimmy? So I saw some good instances from Johnny Cordoso who like played out of stuff and was kind of cheeky about it, like put it up over somebody's head and got it back and kept the ball moving. But I thought, and, I, and I'm always going to forgive one or two passes that maybe are, or, you know, cause you're not, maybe don't have the same camaraderie or don't have that uh, rapport with certain players because you're relatively new to the team. So I always, you know, give a little bit of a cushion, let's say. But I thought that he was a little casual or a little loose with his passing. Maybe could have done more to, to play quicker, right? To get us into transition quicker. I felt like, especially as the game slowed down and they were down a man and they were clearly trying to counter, we got to keep that ball moving. And I didn't think he did enough of that. And at some points, I didn't even notice him out there. So that kind of bums me out I because I, I wanted to see him do well. And I'm going to put him probably in the five four and a half, five space where just another player that I hadn't seen and I wanted to see him do well. And I obviously I've seen him play a little bit for Internacional down in Brazil, but, but, but uh, obviously it's a different setup in this situation. It's one of those things where, and we've done it before Heath and this for everybody watching or listening MLS teams at times, we would play like local college teams mm-hmm. and you have nothing to win there. <laughs> You're supposed to win. And if you don't win, you know that makes that makes you look bad. If you don't play well, it makes you look. Yeah, like remember you we, we to lost to, we lost to UCLA in a preseason game. Remember that? I, I remember that. I wasn't playing in that one, but but that, that I just want to throw that out there because I wasn't responsible yeah. for that loss. <laughs> <laughs> but but I want to say that that there was you know an opportunity for for him, and I just feel like he came out of it not looking great, and I think he falls mm-hmm. into that. So I'll say four and a half. Yeah, I'm going to say five and a half on this one only because of the fact that I at least like the fact that he wants the ball. And, okay, that's fair. And, and I also think when the game changes, teams start sitting back, you're being told to like get into higher pockets, higher spaces. And I think once you do that, it changes the dynamic of the game. And I think yeah. it's harder to judge those types of things because you're no longer getting the ball in certain space. But I agree with you playing the game, uh, playing quicker. So I'm going to give him a five and a half just because of the fact that he at least wants the ball uh, and and I respect that from a player, even if you make mistakes, wanting that ball, uh, I think is not always a, a, an attribute fair. that, that you, some you, of our midfielders you've, have. You've changed my mind. I'll go to a five yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll give, him, I'll, give him a, <laughs> I'll give him a quarter of a point. Uh, Jesus Ferreira. I'll jump. I'll jump in on this one first. Go ahead. I think, go ahead. Go I think Jesus Ferreira was actually 
uh, solid to me. I don't think he was great, but he was. This was to me one of his be- his best performance. I think for the national team in terms of uh, in terms of having an impact or mean even noticing him on the field. He had a decent couple of ranges of passes. He put in a couple of great balls. One of which, uh, you know, a very clean ball that Jordan Moore should have finished on the diving header. Good that save. Was a perfect ball. That kind of thing. Those types of X factors. Again, I talk about our players getting into these good spots. Does anybody have? that next level skill to be able to put in the ball to set up the finish. Mm-hmm. And we saw a great ball to Ricardo Pepe. We saw a great ball to, to, to Jordan Morris, specifically with Jesus Ferreira. So this is one where I think he, he, he warrants another shout. His connection, his passing mm-hmm. range, I think is really, really good. So overall, I'm going to give him a six and a half on this performance. Again, most of my stuff is going to fall right into indifferent for most of these guys. Yeah, he, sure, warrants, sure. he warrants another, another look on this. Where, where do you stand? hundred percent. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a six with Ferreira. What I like about him is that he can give us, different looks. He can come back into midfield and, and, and do the little half turns and try to break the lines with, with his dribble because he is very quick dribbling. I think we got to see that a little bit more than we have in the past when he plays. But I also look at how he likes to get in behind. And I appreciated that, which ultimately set up the play with Jordan Morris, that, that in back and through stuff, right? And he's looking for that. And I think that makes him very dynamic and a little bit unpredictable for opposing defenses. So I like what Ferreira provides. I like that he can play multiple positions and probably still have success. But there are times where I thought he was trying to force it into Ricardo Pepe a little bit too much. They're obviously teammates, probably very close as friends. And so, and I get it because Pepe at some point was like, dude, play me the ball. I need to touch it more. You know, I want to get involved in this game. And and, uh, Bosnia did a pretty good job of stacking up Pepe for the most part early on. And and so I want him to kind of get away from trying to force things in areas of the field where you don't necessarily have to. I like when he gets it, plays clean, plays simple in midfield, and then tries his magic in the attacking third. And when he does that, he's very dangerous. So I liked, I like Ferrer as well. You know, if Jordan Morris scores that, we're probably that header that he should score, but what a save by the goalkeeper. Yeah. We're probably talking about Ferrer as a seven. So it's almost on Jordan yeah. Morris for, for not finishing off a great opportunity there. But yeah, I put him in the six, six and a half range. Yeah. What about Christian Roldan? Um, disappointed, man. Yeah. Super disappointed. I thought way too many turnovers for a player. One that, has more experience and should know better that was trying to force the game and, 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 and giving up the ball in bad areas. I don't mind if he's trying it in the attacking third, but he's giving it up in the middle third, kind of really sloppy, big touches. Uh, he's wearing the number 10 shirt. That obviously adds another layer of responsibility for any team that you're playing for. If you're wearing the number 10 shirt, I, I was not impressed with rolled on. And, and uh, that would make me a little bit worried for his future. Like if I was in the team meal right now and I was rolled on and we've been there before, you're just, you kind of just looking at your food, like <laughs> kind of got the fork and some piece of honeydew melon or whatever. You're just kind of not trying to make eye contact with him. He had that type of game where nobody really wants yeah. to talk to you either because they know that you didn't play well. So uh, yeah. I, I, that's, I mean, we know what he's about, so he's not going to be a starter for this team. If anything, he's just going to be a late super sub, but he's probably my lower rated performers. I, I'm afraid to give him a number. I put him in the four and a half camp, I guess. I was, yeah, dis- it, I just was it, disappointed. I was- Disappointed. I was, and again, this this is not this is a sliding scale that we we hold players to, right? A young debut player, you expect a certain thing from an experienced sure, sure. player, you expect a certain thing, and I don't think he lived up to that. I think if it was the same performance with the A team, I would be like, this doesn't make uh, a, a ton of sense to me. I don't think he was impactful. I don't think he was overall. Obviously, he was part of the the kind of you know in through uh, up back and through type of movements that led to a couple of chances. But overall, like you said, sharp. He wasn't sharp. His passing was a little bit poor, a little slow, and just. Something you expect more where somebody goes, you know what? I'm the experienced player on the team. I'm going to get these guys going. I'm going to make the game better uh, around me. So let's move on to Jordan. Jordan Morris, uh, what's your take on him? Well, given what he's coming back from, I think that has to be 
brought into the equation. I thought that he did a good job of consistently beating his guy to get something off. Maybe not all the crosses were great, but there's something happening when he gets the ball. He's driving at people. That's the Jordan Morris we want to see, and I thought we saw glimpses of it. Now, it's been mentioned, I don't know, like 50 times during the broadcast that Greg Berhalter was very impressed with where Jordan Morris was and frankly was surprised at how far along he is post uh, recovery from the ACL. So I can understand why he got a lot of minutes. I'm okay with him getting a lot of minutes because we need him to continue to get match fit and potentially be a nice super sub for us in these three qualifiers that are coming up at the end of January, beginning of February. So I would say he's probably six and a half, seven camp. You know, had he finished that goal, we're probably talking seven and a half slash eight, but you got to finish your chances and he didn't. So I think he falls into the six and a half, seven. Yeah, I think, I think there's two parts to this. Again, I'm biased just because of the fact that I know what he's done with the national team in the past. Him coming back is really important. Uh, it, it was a little alarming when he missed that chance and they said he hasn't scored since, since being, scoring against <laughs> LAFC uh, in November of last year. Uh, but it re- makes you realize how long he's been out for and the fact that he came back. And he was running at players. He didn't have that. We mm-hmm. see so often mm-hmm. with players that come back from injury, they have a little bit of that hesitation to trust their body. He looked like he was on it. And I think, again, when you think about the super subs that have been impactful over the last year, Matthew Hoppy, these types of players, Jordan Morris has a little bit more quality, a little more polish that I could see him being a great super sub to just stretch defenses. His touch is always, his first touch is always at a defender, which I think is super valuable because it forces them to have to square up and make decisions, uh, which I think is really important. And then, you know, whips in hard ball. So I'm going to give him yeah, my seven. Yeah. He's probably going to be my, my, my best performer of the day. Um, yeah, on the, attack, on the attacking side of the ball, for sure. And I want to agree with a comment here from Bob Alex, who says, I would take Jordan Morris over Legette and Ariola, And I think I would as well. I mean, he, he, yep. he, he, it's, it's the way that he carries himself and, and the fact that he could, if we wanted to, and we were in a pinch, we could play him high off of the number nine or be the number nine himself. And I like that. He's got a little bit of that different look and, and can do a little bit more. And so, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I would take Morris yep. over Ariola and Legette for sure. So uh, let's talk about uh, Pepe. Where are you at with Pepe on this one? This one, uh, he, uh, I, I'm, I'm the one that's going to die on the hill if Pepe doesn't deliver for me and he's covering <laughs> for me. So. No, I, I, there are the little things. You know, he had that cheeky back heel that led to an opportunity. He's still trying to look for the ball, very similar to what you were saying about Cardoso. Even if things aren't going well, he's still trying to do the little things. I think he knows that's what's going to keep him in the team, right? You can't just mm-hmm. feel sorry for yourself if you miss a sitter, and he did miss a sitter. And he should have finished that. And I and I worry about his confidence a little bit and where his head is and where he's going to go from here, right? And that's been a big concern, I think, for the last few months when he got out of that scoring spree and all of a sudden people started to mark him a little bit different. Things became a little bit more difficult. Things weren't falling to him. Or when they were, he was missing. And that is going to be a big challenge for him as he moves forward in his career, especially with the U.S. men's national team where you're super hot or you're super cold. Like There's no in-between for fans. They either love you or they hate you. Now, that said... Ricardo Pepe, if you ever watch this, Heath has always got your back. And we, we always have your back. Former players always uh-huh. have, have backs of the players. But I will say that, yeah, he was a bit of a disappointment. And I feel like once he missed that sitter, he kind of got into his own head a little bit. And maybe was trying to f- try too hard to make up for the fact this that is, he missed this that. This is my worry. This is yeah, my worry. Yeah. As we talked about a young player like that, he seemed mature and calm. When you miss a sitter like that, I don't think about with it regard to winning the game for the U.S. men's national team. I think about the potential of having to finish that at a big club. When you get your chance and you're getting a run of games and you now get that sitter, 
Can you finish that? Because the prolific scorers finish those. And they mm-hmm, finish those mm-hmm. every time because that is their bread and butter. And that's what carries mm-hmm, them mm-hmm. to the biggest clubs and big moments and big games where right. whether you get 10 chances at a, a game at an Ajax or you get one chance a game at a Juventus, can you go and you finish that off and bury teams? And, and I think that's the, the, the mark of being able to do that over and over and over again. Because look at the top young strikers in the world. They're doing that. Erling Holland mm-hmm. doesn't need two chances to score. You give him one chance, he's putting it away. And I, yeah. I, I know I'm putting two two very different players into a into a into a box. No, like, but your point your point's star. the same. No, no, yeah. what I would say is that if Pepe scores that, we're talking him, you know, six and a half, seven, he doesn't, and you got to drop him into you know the five range for me. You know, yeah. where he's still doing some little things. He's still got a little bit of presence. And clearly he was keeping the the Bosnian defenders occupied. And then when they dropped into a low block and really playing with you know a line of five and yeah. a line of four, it became a little bit more difficult for him to find the space to do what he wanted to do. And I think that's what hurt me the most when they got the red card was that there was no real room for Ricardo Pepe or anybody to, to get in behind as much anymore. But that's where I thought the younger guys did a pretty good job of yeah. kind of that in back and through stuff and, and trying to just take some more risk. Yeah, he, he the thing about Ricardo Pepe, he looked clearly disappointed coming off the field too. It just seemed like one mm-hmm. where he's he sort of realizing again – he, he didn't seem to ever be in his head, right? He had the hot hand, and now right, he right, hasn't right. scored in a while. People are talking about it in a negative context. He's been this golden boy, and all that stuff really starts to to weigh on you and a player. Like you said, I had, I had never seen him up until this point try to make up for a missed chance, try to make up for things that aren't going well for him. And right now it seems like he's trying to make up for that stuff, which I don't think is – that's a sign of a young player. He's going to go mm-hmm. through that. Now it's just a matter of can he bounce back and get that mentality right of saying, hey, it's just the next goal that I need, the next goal and the next goal, and, and, and move on from there. Uh, finally, Jimmy, for our, for our, our, our first 11, uh, let's talk about Kellen Acosta. What was it? Uh, what, what was, what was his performance for you? Again, I, I guess actually I'm going to, I'm going to jump in on this. I'm still so frustrated by the idea that we still need to get more looks of Kellen Acosta. I think it's great. I think it's amazing. Congrats to him on, on breaking this record. He's been a, a, a sign of stability and consistency in the national team. I think it's deserving that he's gotten the matches that he's gotten, but do you need him in this match? And when you see him in a match and you go, wow, he's had 21, 22 matches this year so far. Is there anything about his game that you go, wow, he's 22 matches better than he was 22 matches ago? <laughs> or, or is that the sign of, of a good player is that he's found the consistency? All right. We finally got to the Heath Pierce. He fi- yeah. does. He's, he's unhappy with somebody. Yeah. I will say that there is some bias, I think, working against Kellen Acosta in our ratings for sure, because we don't need to see him anymore. We just yeah. uh, in this particular game in particular. And I said particular twice because I'm crushing it right now. But I yeah. I will say that he disappointed me a little bit too. I don't know if he was trying too hard, feeling like he had to do more than normal because we technically should beat this Bosnia team because he's we one of the leaders because he broke the record. Him, yeah, I just – I don't know. I was – he did – obviously, he does the kill on his Costa stuff where he covers a lot of ground and he wants the ball. And when he gets it, he keeps driving forward. But I don't think it was his best performance. And when they actually had a low block, I don't I don't think he had too many ideas about how we were going to break out of that. He had a couple right. opportunities that went into the stand. So fair play to him for giving out some souvenirs yeah. to the kids. But this isn't a yeah. I saw him take like three chances, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, you got yeah. The ball, move the ball around, and it just feels like again this idea of like, does he not know like who he is as a player because he's not hitting 35 yard bombs. You know, I get the folly. I don't want a chance to deny chances, sure. but there was a few that you're just like, did, does he see himself a notch above the players that he's on the field with? Because Maybe. today it didn't look like that, but perhaps he feels uh, like that uh, in, in that case. And again, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve another call up, but there's just again nothing. Sure. There's nothing special about his game when you expect it to be like, oh, okay, this guy has been in the team all this time. He should. He should. You should see a notch above the rest of the players. 
Yeah, and I think that's what disappointed us about Roldan as well, where I understood why he started in some capacity because, as we mentioned in the preview, we wanted some guys with some experience in the spine of the team, and obviously his position is very important. But after 45 minutes, I don't need to see him anymore. Actually, I'll say when we're going to get, we can segue right into Jackson Yule. I don't really need to see Jackson Yule anymore either. Like, I know yeah. what he's about. He's very similar to Acosta. They cover a lot of ground, but ultimately, they're just keeping Too the ball moving. They, they, they play safe. They yeah. play safe. They both play yeah. safe. And, and at that point, I'm sure Jackson Yule comes in as a sub and is like, I got to drive the game. And his energy was fantastic. He was trying to press the ball crazy to, to try to make something work. And you know what? When he came on, we won the game. So that's what he can take home with him. But but with regard to Acosta, yeah, he's probably in the five range for me. Didn't, yeah. you know, maybe because I'm disappointed. Maybe the Greg Berhalter rating 0.5 negative against him because, you know, he plays 21 games and you feel like, all right, you know, this isn't this isn't Bob Bradley playing his son and he's got to break a record with 21. Like, <laughs> we need, we need, like, I don't understand. You know, we don't need to yeah. see Kellen Acosta in this particular instance. Yeah. Uh, it would have been nice to, I, I, I was really surprised at him and Roldan and Matt Turner, those three in particular played 90 minutes. I, I yeah. just wanted to see other players. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's talk about Brian Reynolds, Cade Cowell, Gomez, and, and Cole Bassett, just in the context of, uh, of that, you know, were any, were any of those players stand out to you? Obviously Bassett getting the goal. I think it's really important to get those goals and show that you're a gamer right place at the right time. There is a value to that. You can't take that away from him. Obviously, small sample size for 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 all of them. Uh, Brian Reynolds getting more minutes, but w- did any of them stand out to you in terms of a call up? Obviously, Brian Reynolds is still a project because of the fact that he doesn't play mm-hmm, in his mm-hmm. team. Um, I mean, w- did, did any of them stand out to you? I think they all did. Frankly, the one player that I'll say that I was a little disappointed about was Jossie Zardes, and I'm going to get into him uh, into a second. But I had to throw that in there just as I talked about the blanket subs. I think when you sit on the bench for that type of game and you're watching. Right. We've been on the sideline before. And all of a sudden you think, OK, if I get some time, I know how I'm going to make an impact because you're, you're sitting there judging what's happening. The same as all of us, even though you're wearing the, the warm up jersey and you're doing the cones on the sideline, and you're listening to the fitness coach or whatever. You're still watching and you're still judging all those guys out there, just like all the fans at home. And you now actually have the rare opportunity to make a difference because you're there. And I think those guys came on with some ideas and came on with some, I understand how we're going to break this down. And some of it's just playing with some more urgency, playing with some purpose, trying to trying to go forward, trying to take some risk, really trying to, to get a Bosnian defender to step to them so that they'll create a pocket of space. I thought Brian Reynolds actually did a pretty good job of that on the right side where he's just trying to get around guys. And not to say that that uh, Brooks Lennon wasn't. He, he was trying to do the same, but Brian Reynolds just had a little bit more to him and maybe the Bosnian defenders were, were tired. So we got to throw that in, of course, but I thought that he was trying to push the game when we needed it and, and really combining with everybody around him in a way that maybe Brooks wasn't. And, and I really, I really like Brian, uh, Brian Reynolds, yeah. Cole Bassett, uh, Jonathan Gomez, you know, came on good energy. Kate Cal, like trying to make a difference. I, I wish Kate Cal maybe had a little bit more of an impact, but I've seen enough of him here with the earthquakes. I know what he's about, and I'm sure yeah, he's the next Jordan knows. Morris. He's our next he Jordan Morris. He, you know? he, 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 he could be a striker, likely end up on the wide, stretching teams, running at teams, pure power and pace. I get all that. I, I, I fully agree with that. The last thing I would say with Brian Reynolds, which I thought was good, is I was judging him really harshly at first. I'm like, I don't care if you can flick the ball. I don't care if you comfortable <laughs> on the ball. That, that, that doesn't matter. Whip the ball into good places. And when <laughs> what led to the goal was a good ball put yeah, into yeah, the mixer yeah, yeah. with decent pace. Uh-huh. And it wasn't these floaters. I thought the team really struggled. When I think about our next generation of attacking fullbacks and attacking players, 
You need to be very good at your crosses. And if you're not, train them and get better at them. And when he put in that ball, and again, that led to the opportunity for Gomez to have a hit, which credit to him for hitting. And then, you know, uh, at the end, Bassett finishing the ball. These are all players that subbed in. And I'm like, why couldn't we get them? Which leads me to now our judgment of Greg Berhalter in the lineup uh-huh. that he put out. Why couldn't we get these players? I understand in theory, more minutes leading towards January. I understand the complexity of the, of the MLS season. It certainly doesn't help keep these players sharp and fit. But like you said, this game did not matter in terms of where they go over the next 30 days, right? And and in terms of like keeping their fitness high, they're going to go into an off-season program or a program that keeps their fitness high. They also have to do a little bit of recovery from an off-season because you're going to go another 12 months straight. And so I'm just a little bit disappointed in that. I thought, I, again, taking Greg Berhalter's thoughts into account, I just wanted to see young players. I think there was so many other things that we could have done, uh, seen from him in terms of the team he could have rolled out. No discredit to him having a good sample size of these players and training for multiple days and being able to see them and see who's really, really ready. And I trust the fact that he's now rolled out and he's actually tested a number of players over the last couple of years. And so he does give chances. I just wanted to see more, right? And then also, Jimmy, the biggest thing that I judge Greg Berhalter on now is the red card. After that red card, just pull everyone. Put young players in. Yeah, Pull right. everyone. Just put, like, what do you need Walker Zimmerman anymore? You're up a man. Right. Test players that are going to take chances and not, again, it's still going to be hard to judge those players. But like you said, you, these players come in at the end of the game. They run at players. They're, they're, they have ideas. They're active. They're trying to do things. Why not have that for an entire half? You know, why not just make those changes early on and you go, you know what? Or if I was Greg Berhold, I run on the on the field at, at, Dude. when the red card happens, and I go, don't give him a red card. We need this match. This match means everything. Yeah. If I'm Kellen Acosta, I'm saying, hey, what are we going to do? Play play up a man for 50 minutes? They should have played with 10, no. dude. He yeah. should have come out with like, 10 it's, players. It's, the, it's crazy to me. Like, half. take take what the game gives you. You lose a player to a red card, and you're now playing up a man. What do you have left to get out of, of, of Walker Zimmerman or or Kellen Acosta? So, so, or, so what's, your rating? what's your rating of, of – Greg Berhalter before this I this game, him I'm giving I'm giving him a four, four and a half because I think there was a number of chances for us to see the young players, and I'm biased towards young players, and I'm biased towards seeing players step up. But I'm also just like Jossie Zardes. Did you need to dude, see him? Dude, was dude, that, is that that listen, important? Dude, important? I, I would have given Greg a five overall. He puts Jossie Zardes in. I was like, I'm done. I'm out, dude. I'm I'm out. Like what? You have all of these kids. Okay, maybe there's no straight number nine out there, right? There's no, when I'm looking at the list, okay, Kate Cal could play nine. Yeah. Kate and Clark could play a false nine. You can move some people around and make it happen. Jossie Zardes, again, has been a great servant to our national team program. We don't need to see him in this game. I, I'm a Jossie Zardes fan. Well, I, Jimmy, I by the way, it. I want to know what but everybody else, I want to see game. everybody, everybody else that's watching this right now, how do you rate Greg Berhalter on this? Obviously, the team gets the win. They're playing up a man for most of the game. It should have been a more comprehensive win than this. But how, this, I think a lot of this comes down to Greg Berhalter and the team that, that we're, we're stuck between our needs of today <laughs> and our needs of tomorrow. And I just think it was a really poor, poor Kellen Acosta for 90, Roldan for 90, Jossie Zardes coming off the bench. Dude, I don't care. Kind of, if, 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 and I got some, some, Inside info from a friend that's kind of been around the camp a little bit that that mm-hmm. some of these younger players just don't look ready. Yeah. Well, okay, but dude, this game is perfect for them just to throw them out there and see how they do because some of them might actually step up when they get the opportunity. And the fact that we didn't give them that opportunity and we're not going to get another chance to see a lot of these kids for I don't know how long. When are we ever going to play them? Yeah. We're not going to play them in World Cup qualifiers. We're not going to play them over the summer in friendlies because we got to get our first team sharp. Like, when are we ever going to see these kids? We're yeah. not going to see them anymore. And, and it, it that pisses me off. And, that, and 
it pisses me off, dude. Just play these guys. If that is indeed the case, we didn't, Jimmy. we didn't see Caden Clark, dude. We didn't see what just put Slonina in goal for like 45 minutes. I don't need to see Matt Turner. I know what Matt Turner is, and I'm a fan. I'm a fan of all, all of these players. I really am to a certain extent. Some some more so than others, but still, we've been part of this. We know how it goes. I I I I'm gonna have to go with you on a four four and a half. Like yeah, I just dude. Yeah. Hey Jimmy, listen. We're gonna take it. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and keep this conversation going. So if you're, if you're watching, yeah, we're gonna take a quick break. No, we're gonna keep it going. We're gonna take a quick break, and and when we when we get back, we'll 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 keep this conversation going. So stay right there. Break time. All right, Jimmy, we're back already. And oh, yeah. the energy has Let's not go. changed. Let's go. Let's uh, go. The break happened quickly. Woo, man! But I know that energy is still high, Jimmy. Uh, I'm I'm triggered by this because I don't. If if it is indeed correct that these players don't look international ready then I'm really sad because I was excited about these players thinking they were internationally ready. Now, it's hard. We have – you know what it's like, Jimmy. There's players that aren't always great in training. Now, they can be sharp. They can be intense. But it's not – sometimes there's players that just don't stand out in training. There's nerves. There's all kinds of things that happen. In Again, a bigger sample size than they usually have, so they're not going to get a game in qualifying like you said. But if that is the case, if these players are not internationally ready in terms of the roster that they put out, they looked ready, the players you put in at the end of the game – they looked urgent. They looked excited. They looked ready. So I don't. I, I'm. I'm just. I'm stuck so, between so, this idea of them not so, being so ready, and then is, you put in some young guys at the end I, that show they're clearly ready. Again, I know who we're playing against. I know the circumstances. I know we're up a player. But when you go up that and you say, "Oh, I don't know if these players are really ready," you're going to give them 15 minutes at the end. Why not give them half? Why not give them half, dude? Listen, I don't understand. Like I understand starting the guys. With some experience to start, but then every thirty that many guys, that many guys, not that many. There was there was too many. Like I said in the beginning, maybe you could have sprinkled in some younger players. Uh, you know, you want to get Pepe going, right? And I, I think maybe if he scores, they probably would have pulled him out a little bit earlier at halftime. Mm-hmm. He doesn't score. You probably knew going in, Jordan Morris was going to get seventy-five minutes. Okay, that's fine. We got to get Pepe back on the Pepe train. You know, we need him going choo-choo. We need to get him going yeah. and the hype going, and I want to build his confidence. Ferreira, okay, let's give him a good 45 minutes. Tell him he's getting 45 minutes. Go run your balls off, and then let's see what happens. Yeah. And then the central midfield, like Rodon and Acosta don't need to be out there for, for 90 minutes. That's a joke. And, and I feel like that was an opportunity where you could have given one 30 minutes, another one 45, and you kind of stagger your young players to come in. So they start mm-hmm. off with an experienced player, and then they you're just passing the baton on to the next younger player. And then when that younger player has been on for 15 minutes and feels settled, the next yeah. younger player comes on. You could have done it in waves, but, man. We could have done like hockey even, lines. Scoring line if, two could have come if, in. Even if his focus, even if Greg Berhalter's focus of this game was, I need to get my guys who are contributing to my World Cup qualifying campaign more minutes because I need them to stay sharp because we're going to head into the end of January. I need them to get these minutes. It's really, really important. That's dude, fine. that game's in but six the weeks, fact that, five weeks, dude. Yeah, but, but say that was the case. You okay. still went up a player in the 40th minute. And therefore, you should be able to look at it and you go, you know what? This is a wash. I want to see something else now. Can I put my head up and say, there's something else I can get out of this game because I'm not going to get, uh, uh, I'm not going to get the fitness out of these guys. I'm not going to get a look at these guys. I'm not going to get whatever. I can get a look at some young players to get them more minutes than I expected to because the circumstances have changed. Was is that not an acceptable uh, reaction to going into the halftime, being like, oh, I know we're going to give you 60, but things change, or I know we're going to give you 75, Listen. whatever. I, we're going to go with something different. I was sitting on my couch comfortably watching this game going, okay, all right. He plays a lot of experienced guys. We're going to see some changes at halftime. I'm telling my kids, it's fine. We're going to see some kids that are about your age, kids. You know what I mean? Or just a couple years older than you. They're going to be on the field. It's going to be awesome. And it's something for you to aspire to. And it's going to be great. And no changes at halftime. 
And then in 30 minutes, his first his first three subs includes Jossie Zardes. And I was like, I got I I almost got out of the room and walked. I was like, what are we doing? I wasn't going Taylor Twelman full tilt. What are we doing? Right? Not qualifying yeah. for a World Cup. But I just this is a great exercise for us to just see what the kids are about. And and it's not even that who cares about the the Twitter, you know, vacuum, the 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 echo chamber that's Twitter, like you know, even me out there, even me saying play the kids. You don't have to appease us. That's not what it's about. But I just don't know when we're going to see these kids for the next year. We're not going to see them until the January camp that happens after the World Cup. So maybe they're not ready now. But but why not just give us a taste? Maybe maybe you never know. You might get to unearth. Listen, we had Brendan Aronson, not necessarily outside of the pitcher, but because Gio was hurt, because Christian Pulisic was hurt, he had to play, and he stepped up to the plate because he got that opportunity. If we don't give these opportunities to these kids – 45 minutes in a meaningless game against Bosnia, but we're going with Jossie Zardes instead. What? <laughs> I I, uh, I need to go lay down. I don't understand. I just, I don't, there's nothing really great could say. I mean, we would be like, okay, yeah, sure. Because we're friends with him and we're like, okay, we take it. But, but if we talk to him critically, like why, why would you not try some of these players? I'm not saying all of them all at once, but why not a few more and give them more time? Yeah. If you're, if you're watching this, by the way, make sure you send those comments in and like in. this video. It helps more people get in on the conversation. Hit we want to grow this and community and make sure that for? make sure people have an opportunity to say their piece. Jimmy and I like to take uh, to become a, a human punching bag from time to time. Uh, <laughs> so let us know if you think that we're out of line, if we're crazy, or if you agree with our, our, our comments, but make sure that you like that because this will get it in the algorithm, send it to more people. So we appreciate all of you joining in on this conversation. So keep those comments going, Jimmy. Keep them coming. Final thoughts, right, on Greg, and then we'll move on to the next thing. I, I, I feel there's like there's more? still I, – I feel, I feel there's more I can extract out of you. Uh, do you think this is – we've seen Greg do so many things overall, right? And, and somehow right at the, at the 11th hour, he always figures it out. And going back to Honduras, he figures it, figures it out at halftime, right? We make the changes. We see everything happen. Team gets motivated. We go. We've seen the, the ebb and flow of qualifying. And then you have this friendly. We call them the useless friendlies, right? And, I don't think they're uh, useless. I will, I'll take that, that word out of there. Yeah. But, but, I mean, you, said we, it twice, it, you said it twice earlier. I'm but, sorry. Uh, I didn't mean that. I, that's how I kind of but was we, I say we call deep. them useless friendlies because that's what everybody calls them. That's sure, sure, they're sure. Called the, like, I think they're the very useful, actually. Meaningless useful, friendlies. Useful. I think they're useful because um, we can figure yeah. out who act the pretenders from the contenders. Yeah. That's all. I Do think you, it's a good let place. Let me ask you this then. What is more important for Greg, the staff, the national team? Is it the, 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 the chance to get these players in for a couple of weeks in a camp or the match itself? Because it seems like they use that two weeks to, to, to make the decision on this match. But how much of it is it about like an assessment of your players over the training versus like getting those players minutes to see how they do in a game? I actually think that the main point of emphasis in this game was to get Jordan Morris 75 minutes. That is it. <laughs> that the I whole think, game. Honestly, like, I think they're looking for a game to get Jordan Morris minutes. I think they get it. Honestly, I think that was one of the prime objectives was to make sure that Jordan Morris came out of that feeling better, getting meaningful minutes, running at players, getting him confidence, because I think he's a player that they actually look like, look at as someone who's going to help us. With regard to your point, it's a good one. I think that being around this group of players for two weeks is very important. You and I have used that to our advantage, and it's clear that maybe some of these players have it in the same type of way. And and because uh, if you can't get minutes in this game, you're probably not going to get minutes in the foreseeable yeah. future, as we discussed. Right. So 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 I do think there's value in both sides. I don't think there's anything useless or meaningless about this. On paper, of course, it feels meaningless, and it and it is in a lot of different ways. But it is meaningful with regard to the points that you're making. 
that Greg gets to get a better understanding of players that he just gets to see on TV or get to see at a game in person, but doesn't really get to be around them. And, and, and as you know, that helps because as you're building a team, I would say more often than not, these players are, no, I never had a chance to start for our first team, but could they be that 22nd, 23rd guy on the team that, that has these intangibles that can raise the level either of training or of the, the mood in the locker room, or just has that little something special, those intangibles that, that uh, could separate them from somebody else. And, and I guess that's yet to be determined. Jimmy, as an FYI, obviously, they, they announced the U.S. Uh, Soccer Awards. That, and we're going to save that for our USMNT hour. For those of you that don't Ooh, know, baby. every Monday, 1.15 p.m. Pacific time, 4.15 p.m. Eastern time. We go live and talk about the U.S. men's national team, and we're going to do that. We're going to Every Monday, everybody. Uh, every Monday. Every Monday. Uh, so we're going to save that topic to see kind of what everybody thinks about that. But, uh, you know, Jimmy, looking at this, 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 this team, this camp, Take the match out of this. Okay. Is there any players from this camp outside of the veterans, because this might kill the entire argument, that should be brought in to the end of January for qualifiers? Is there any players in this roster um, that, that haven't been veteran. called in? Outside is of George, the veterans. I mean, is George Bellow considered a veteran? No. Okay. Do you, are you bringing him in in January? Is, is Jesus Ferreira considered a veteran? No. You bring I would him bring, in I'd bring in Ferreira. Yeah. I'd, bring in, I'd bring in Morris. Yeah. You ask Bello. You bring him. I'm not bringing Bello in. No, I wouldn't bring Bello. I think Bello has a ton of upside. I just don't think he's there yet. And I, I think agree. we've seen enough to know he's not there yet. I I, I would bring Brian in Joe Reynolds. Scal- I'd bring in Joe Scally. No, I wouldn't bring in Brian Reynolds. Okay. Not not yet. Um, unless yeah, he's got he impre- a, he's got unless, a unless Brian Reynolds impressed you over the whole two weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because because if he did, I feel like he would have well, started. Then why over- started? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. He would so. he would have started over Brooks Lennon. So he's a gamer. Sure. He's showing a ton of potential. He's young. He he has the upside, but he needs to sort his club situation out. And I think it's going to be too too soon for that. Um, Outside of that, Zach, honestly, by the way, Zach Zach Drummond is saying he's already seen enough of Ferreira. He's done nothing to impress. I disagree. I think he's done. I don't think he impressed me well until this match. I but, think he's, he's showing an ability to have a good final ball, his passing range. I think his willingness to go forward. I think he's he, he's showing me things that I didn't actually see. Uh, this whole season in MLS, the season before, I was like, okay, 18-year-old, big star coming mm-hmm. forward, great. And this year, I didn't see him go from – I use this a lot, Jimmy, when your player is undiscovered, and you're going to kill me for this reference, Nick LaBrocca had his best year when we were at uh, Chivas USA. And then the next year, people were like, hey, you got to watch Nick LaBrocca. And then Nick LaBrocca couldn't take his game from being a guy that had a free run because no one really respected him on that level to being widely respected and in team's talks where now you're saying, okay, here's how you neutralize him. And he had an inability to go then change his game or, or make it different, right? It right, was just right. This, 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 this flash. And I think about players like that where, okay, now you're on team's pregame match talks, right? Now you're, now you're being discussed. And can you take your game to the next level that makes you even mm-hmm. harder to defend? Or are you neutralized now because you're being talked about as much? No, like I mentioned before about Jesus Ferreira, because there's a little bit of pushback from people in the chat. I would just say that to some other points, and I see Neo's here, He's dynamic. He he did a couple things that I like. He he'll he'll go check in the ball and he, he's comfortable with it. And he can also check in up over the shoulder and go in behind. And I think that makes him unpredictable. Now, when I think about Ferreira, you got to make sure that you know who you're pitting him against. You're pitting him against uh Ariola, for example, or Legit. And at this point, I'd rather have Ferreira because I think he can do both of those jobs. He could be a Legit and play central, or he could play out wide. And I thought he showed that today where he can get in behind. So Ferrer for me gets called in. Jordan Boros, Morris gets called in. And outside of that, I, I well, by the I, way, I, if if that's the case, Jimmy, 
You've got two players not getting called in. So who are your players that don't get called in? And I don't want to go too deep into the the, the, the next because we'll talk about that. Well, so so I'd also MCL. add, I'd also add like, John. You can't just make it a bigger roster. Let's say 26, 27 players. Let's take out one, two, three players. Well, I'd also consider Jonathan Gomez because okay. we still need him to get cap tied if he's going to play for us. And obviously, five minutes, he gets the shot that leads to the goal, goalkeeper. We could argue could do could have done a little bit better with that before it uh, fell to Cole Bassett, but. But I want to see more of Jonathan Gomez. So if, if we're going to bring him in, you know, him and Joe Scally are starting to be kind of our guys that we can we can trust. I, I would like to see more about Jonathan Gomez. But it does make me nervous that he only got five minutes at the end. Yeah, it's crazy to me. It's I crazy mean, to again, me. Again, it, like, it's sort of on the argument like, of like, well, why didn't he start? You know? Why why you're going to give George Bello 85 minutes, but you're only going to give this guy that we're trying to convince to play for us? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, 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 can only, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. Assume. I don't know. I can so only assume, Jimmy, that these guys did not play well in training because you had plenty of time to show some glimpses or some something to say, yeah, you know what, yeah. give him a run. Five minutes? Like, you're, you, you, we're not talking about, like, 45? Like, normally we, in, in what we call meaningless friendlies, we call them meaningless because they do a full sweep of subs at halftime. And then right, the right. second half, the rhythm's gone. It's changed the whole dynamic and all these things. It's tough to really see a player over long minutes. But George Bellow, you didn't need to see. Like, George Bellow, what, what changed between a month ago and, and now or two months ago and now with George Bellow? I, I get that there's a few of these players that I think there's also priorities where they're potentially on the move. Walker Zimmerman's one. George Bellow's another that's being linked to clubs abroad. Right. Um, and, and has already had some, from what I understand, offers brought in. So there, this could be that last thing where they, they want to see him in one more game or they want to see him at, another, at this level one more time. And I can understand the need to play a player like that because I, I think there is an importance to helping that player on their on their journey to a bigger club that puts them in a better environment or a more competitive environment that can bring out the best in them. So if that sure. is the case for George Bellow, otherwise I don't understand why Gomez didn't play. Yeah, I'm with you. And we also should talk about Sammy Vines. Obviously, uh, when he's healthy, he's he's somebody that we should be looking at that I think would probably even get the nod over George Bellow at this point. You got Joe Scally. I mean, I'm looking at the, the, the roster that we had against Jamaica in our last World Cup qualifier. Ferreira was in the team. He actually came off the bench against Jamaica. So yeah. I don't know. He's not a veteran per se, but he doesn't have to replace anybody to your point earlier. Like, who are you going to kick off the team? Ferreira's already on it, at least in the last mm -hmm. couple windows. Uh, you know, Legette not being called in. I know he's making a move to New England. I know he had some incredibly sad family stuff happen. He needs that break mentally. So I understand why he's not in camp. But, you know, I, I think that Ferreira could potentially take his spot. Then you got Jordan Morris. I mean, when I look at who was there, you could, you could, you could lose a legit there ultimately for for Jordan Morris. I would I would prefer that, you know, or Areola, but he came off the bench as well. Areola, again that game against Jamaica, yeah. So so I don't Greg know. It's, seems it's to, Greg seems to like that Areola, but I I could see Greg replacing uh, Areola with Morris because I think that there's very few players that Greg trusts more than Areola, and if if, if it's not going to be Areola, it's going to be Morris, and I think he trusts Morris more when Morris is fit and healthy. He's a better version of Areola. You don't sure. need both of them. I don't. Right. I don't think it makes any sense to have both of them in your in in your in your squad. Obviously, no, no, no. I agree with does, you. But I one or the other, and I think Nor uh, Jordan Morris gets the nod if, if he's the if, if he's fully fit and healthy. And the glimpses he showed to me today still puts him as as an out and out you know uh, winger that's a super sub for us and could start in some some meaningful games that could be. Difficult games. He doesn't seem to be phased by the difficulty of matches. I mean, when I look at the roster, right, there's still some bubble players for me. I don't know how everybody feels about Busio, but Busio, even though he started against Jamaica, hasn't been lighting it up as much for Venezia. He came into that last qualifying window playing pretty well. James Sands was also in this one. Obviously, just won it with NYCFC. He can play multiple positions. So I think he's got value because he is pretty uh, versatile. You got Joe Scally. I think we all want to see what Joe Scally can do, but we never get the chance. 
I think Roldan, Legette, uh, we see Reggie Cannon on this this roster. I mean, Areola is another one where there are the guys that, if healthy, could push these these players in particular to maybe get squeezed out, which would be kind of heartbreaking for the players that have been kind of pushing and being a part of the program and kind of putting them on the back for a while. And I'm looking at Legette in particular, but he could be a guy that doesn't end up making the final World Cup roster if everybody's healthy, which would be a bit of a surprise. But if you've got better options, they can allow you to do more things. You know, but I like Legette. I, I think he's got some value not only on the field, but off the field as well in terms of just being steady. Even when he's not playing, I fully expect him to be a good pro. And, and that's important, too. So, Jimmy, to, to sort of at least wrap up the recap from 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 this match, uh, do you think there was more positives or negatives to take from this match? I mean, we've obviously learned something from this match, but do you think we're taking more positives? And again, it's a kind of a BS question to ask because there's... Uh, there's positives i think there are some positives one i think that we struggle breaking down a low block that's something that needs to that's that's taken into consideration and and and, and, a lot of teams struggle with that so that's not isolated to it's hard you need you need really good players and creativity and understanding and vision to be able to do that but but why why did we wait so long to have the urgency that that's part of my issue like why weren't we trying to drive the game a little bit more why weren't we just trying to whip balls in like you mentioned about brian reynolds with a little bit of pace putting them in the mixer, and then just trying to win the second balls, which is ultimately what led to the goal. If we got that first goal, then you would think, in theory, Bosnia has to stretch a little bit to try to get back into it. They're not just going to want to walk home 1-0. And once we open them up, then maybe we can transition in a meaningful way. But it took us too long to get that goal. And yeah, great. We got it. And I think that shows, again, we've demonstrated, if anything we've learned this whole year, is that we've got a team that even when we don't play well, we still figure out a way to win games. And that's a sign of a good team, whether you – whether you're upset about tonight's game or not, we still figure out a way to win. And that's something, to, I guess, to, to take away as a positive. There are there are some decisions that are going to be made after this game that I think are important as well. That probably also, to your point, are about the whole camp in terms of we don't need to look at that player anymore. We'll see you in January of 2023 when we get through this World Cup cycle because you're part of the next wave, potential next wave of players that we're going to trust but this isn't your time. And, and that's an important thing. And I, and I can't highlight enough how important it is because I think we're one of the rare national teams that gets this opportunity to really look hard at our domestic players and give them a game to perform in and give them a game to work towards. And some guys step up and take advantage of that opportunity and others don't. And I think there's a lot more positives there than negatives. But of course, there's some negatives that exist because we expected some of our key players, our core players, our Acostas and Roldans to do more and they didn't do enough with it. And of course, Ricardo Pepe, who a couple months ago was our saving grace, we finally found our number nine, can't find his scoring boots, right? So now there's still some things that are being highlighted that need to be addressed, and and hopefully we'll get uh, that sorted very soon so they can start banging in the goals and looking at you, Ricardo Pepe, in the next qualifying window so we can qualify as soon as possible. I don't want to wait to this last game crap against Trinidad you know, where we're like hanging on by the short and curlies to, to get into the World Cup. Like We need to book our ticket as soon as possible. I fully agree. And, and again, if there's one thing I can take away from this is that clearly Greg Berhalter's focus is on 2022. It's not about necessarily giving players minutes that aren't ready. He clearly had enough time. It's a little bit alarming if these players aren't international ready because perhaps we're not as deep as we thought we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we may not see some of these guys for another 12 months. And I think obviously Greg Berhalter's priority is get to a World Cup, perform at a World Cup. And if you're not ready for that, this is not a place for its development. You're being given the opportunities. Either you rise to the occasion or you don't based on the subjective 
uh, vision of Greg Berhalter and his staff. Obviously, we have a, a different vision ourselves, uh, and we have different expectations in terms of nursing. We see it a little bit more like a probably a club team than Greg Berhalter does and what his priorities are and how we want to get these players minutes to, to get them more minutes. Um, but it's certainly going to be an exciting couple of months. Jimmy, so that's it for this one. We've got more live YouTube goodness for you, guys, for you guys all over the next few days, starting with Sunday's weekend recap, 5 p.m. Eastern time, right after the Milan versus Napoli match. It's going to be a great one. Followed by our weekly installment of the USMNT Hour, as I mentioned, every single Monday, 4.15 p.m. Eastern time. And we thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. If you do both, even better. Follow the K Golasso podcast on Twitter at K Golasso Pod. Subscribe to the K Golasso page on YouTube and hit do the it. notification bell so do you it. get this video every single time we go live. Or otherwise. And of course, subscribe to Kago Lasso wherever you get your podcast. And from myself, Des Norris, Jimmy Conrad, we thank you guys so much for spending this time with us. It means the world, and we can't wait to keep building this community towards the future. See ya. Later, later, later.